It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by JK Contracting. Ready? Break! Now, from the WATH studios, here's Carl Blaylock. Hi, hello, 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 and welcome into the WATH studios. Carl Blaylock here. It's one of the best days of the year. It's conference tournament Thursday. Wall-to-wall basketball started at, well, let's see, when did it start at? Close to about 11.30 up in Cleveland, and it's going to be going on well until about 1 or 2 in the morning. we got a busy show today uh, talking about all that. We've also got Ashley Beach uh, coming on from the, uh, from the Post Sports, uh, their assistant sports editor, to talk about baseball. But joining us now in Cleveland, uh, from Cleveland, in fact, uh, if Russ Eisenstein is the voice of the Bobcast, I guess that makes our guest today the uh, analyst of the Bobcats, Rob Cornelius, joining us from Cleveland. Rob, how are you doing? I prefer to be assistant to the regional manager, man, but no, it's been a good basketball day. And the earliest game was 11. Davidson got going before uh, before uh, Toledo and Miami did, but good Bobcat day. Very good Bobcat day. Yeah, they they really stepped up today, defeating Ball State 90-70, to and I mean, it, it really was a, it was it was a bloodbath. Yeah, this game sat, sat at you know, 30 for most of the middle until the, uh, while the backups got in at the end of the game, and Ohio kind of took the foot off the gas, but I mean... It was a big run middle of the game. I had it unofficially at like 41 or 42 to 15 um, after, you know, um, Ball State was at a very, very slight lead in the first half and never got off the mat. And it was just so impressive to watch what Ohio did. And Ohio's had Ball State's number, regardless of coach, regardless of players. thinks this is winning now 17 of the last 20. Basically, Ohio's owned this series since this team went to the NCAAs in 2010. Uh, kind of started that year, and it just straight owned them since then. And it was cool today to see this, this thing go down to the bench um, for a lot of help, a lot of minutes, a lot of points. Uh, to see the rookie, the freshman, A.J. Brown, go for 28, a career high by a bunch. And for Ohio not to have to rely or really just you know sit on Dwight Wilson's work. He ends up with a double-double on 11 and 10, but he was really never stressed and not a ton demanded out of him in this game. So for Ohio, you won by a lot. It looks like you stayed healthy. You saved some minutes on some guys, and you have a ton of confidence now one of DeMarcans, the number one seed, one of the great Mac regular season teams ever this season in Toledo. Yeah, and I think I think one of the things that surprised me the most watching that game was the yeah. was the amount of uh, was really the amount of steals. I mean, there were quite a few really good defensive possessions where the Bobcats were just able to get a steal and a run out. That's really what well, we, led we, that we big run. About it during the game, steals. Steals gave you what we're going to call them pick sixes, coast-to-coast stuff, just big-time transition. At one point, Ball State had 10 turnovers, they ended up with 13, but nine of those first 10 turnovers came off Ohio Steels. This is not Ball State just throwing the ball around. This is guys coming and taking it out of your hands. And I realize stats are a little tiny stat, only happening you know, one or two per person at a time. But A.J. Brown had three steals, in addition to his 28. Jalen Hunter had two steals, and Jalen Hunter just took so much pride in his defense today. It was it was fun to watch these guys go out there and be and be so so intense. Um, it was weird in the first game with, with Ball State. A bunch of guys in the guard court, frankly, did not have their best games. Um, today, Ohio went to the bench. At one point, bench scoring was twenty-eight one in Ohio State. Where Devon Baker came in and had early points. AJ Clayton had points uh, seven, mostly late. Uh, but you just look, everybody contributed. The only guy who didn't really put up put a number say was Miles Brown. Uh, played nine minutes at three points. And we can talk to Jeff Bowles about that specifically in the post game, but I think a little mild health issue might have been a little under the weather. You saw him in practice; he was um, not wearing normal equipment, not really working out and shoot around. So Miles Brown, we'll see where he is tomorrow. But Ohio did this basically with almost no help from Miles Brown, who's considered one of the best defensive stoppers in this league. Everybody else picked up for him. Yeah, AJ Brown with 28 points, 10 for 16. Also, AJ Clayton having a solid day, three for five shooting, seven points, six rebounds as well. I mean, and it's really been the bench. I mean, Ohio, they were rotating pretty much everybody out there. I mean, at one point you had, I remember on the telecast, they were talking about how they had four different players sub in. This was a nine deep bench for the Bobcats uh, today. Yeah, you had essentially uh, yeah nine nine guys nine guys play meaningful minutes till the very end when uh, bench mob got involved. But there's not a lot to be unhappy with today whatsoever. You played great defense. You were emotional. You were confident. You hit threes. And Ball State gives up threes at a ludicrous rate. Ball State collapses the middle. Usually plays two bigs. 
and doesn't cover the three. They're one of the ten worst teams defending the three in the country. So I was 11 to 25 out there, which is you know good. That's a 44 percent day. But the big difference was early in this game, Ohio was also getting easy twos. At one point, Ohio was shooting about 80 percent from two, and that's always a number I pull. It sounds crazy when I say it on air, but two point field goal percentage means like refers to quality of shots you're getting. When Ohio's having a good game, they're shooting 60-plus from two. And when Ohio's defense is having a good game, the opponent's shooting under half, you know, 50% from two. And Ball State couldn't get much of anything done from two all day. They were bad from three, and they didn't get to the line. Essentially, two teams shot about the same number of free throws. Ball State is a team needs to send their big man Sparks to the line 10 or more times. And that, that didn't happen. He ended up with a good game, but nobody else in, in this crew ended up with what you would call a up-to-quality game for Ball State team that had, I think, three guys on the various all-league squad. They're better, but they're not a finished product, and today they found out. For certain. I think looking at the rebounding margin, the Bobcats, they out-rebounded them by 15. On the offensive side, they had 14 offensive rebounds in today's game. I mean, that's huge. Yeah, and, and, and what was going on with the offensive boards? I mean, every stat, all all the nerd stats, all the numbers they work in Ohio's favor. Ohio had a ton of offensive boards. And that's what led to all those high percentage two point shots. The reason you can go seventy percent from two for part of a game when you're getting all those O boards, all those easy putbacks. Dwight with four O boards. Elmore James is great early. Um, all freshman team, and it's one of those things. With he and AJ Brown, if they both been healthy and starting all year you'd wonder the kind of numbers they could have put up. Um, they both won that all-freshman team and both absolutely deserved it. And Elmore James, we talked to him in the post-game of the last regular season game, the BG game, and he's he's a Cleveland kid, Brush High School, and uh, wanted to perform first time on the NBA court, and he's just such a nice young man, such a good young dude to talk to, and he's having the time of his life right now. And it's just, it's just good to see he and A.J. Brown playing their best basketball into February, 1st of March, uh, when Ohio needs it. It's the middle of the season, you know, you had a great run. You had a 7-9 winning streak late in the conference year. You also had January where you couldn't stop anybody at all. So this team seems to stuff up and down. Looking ahead, they're going to have to play their best ball, which it looks like they are, uh, judging by how they played against Ball State. They're going to have to play their best ball against Toledo. With Toledo team that... Uh, they're a little cursed. They've never been able to get over the hump and win uh, a MAC tournament title. They've been one of the best teams over the past five or six years in the regular season, right. but they've never been able to put it together in Cleveland. They are. It's just so weird to see them. They and BG, you don't think of them historically as being awful teams, but BG has been since 1968 uh, winning the league, and for Toledo it's been 1980. Now this is the best Toledo look and record you've seen there. Um, 15 straight, pardon me, including the win over Miami today, 16 straight wins now uh, in league for Toledo after opening one and two. Um, you know, played Ohio, beat them 90 to 75 up there. That one was never really close. And Toledo's just, it, it's fascinating. They have one of the worst defenses in the league, both by, you know, ratios, nerd stats, and nominally. They give up a zillion points. The trouble is they outscore you by more. This is the most, this is the sixth most efficient offense in the entire NCAA. They're ludicrously good, and it's not magic. It's not just threes. They get great looks from two. Uh, they move the ball around really well, and with guys like Shoemate who can play inside out, they get amazingly good looks. Um, you know, this is the second best, the sixth best offensive efficiency in the country, um, second best percentage from three against D1s, 33rd best in the country against, uh, again, two-point two point shooting percentage. They do everything well, and they don't turn themselves over. But you look at every game that they have in common in these wins, they have to score a lot. If you can ratchet them down on pace or get some takeaways, you've got a shot. But every game they win this year uh, in league, they've scored 80 or more except for Eastern Michigan. So 15-0 and when they score 80 in league, something like that, it's pretty good. Definitely good. But with how well the Bobcats' defense looked today with those 10 steals, can they step up? I mean, the Bobcats playing their best ball. Can they step up and knock off the Rockets and deny them another MAC title? Well, that's the thing. I mean, they've gotten to this point. The Rockets have been steady into that semifinal, and it's always been someone, be it Ohio, be it Akron, be it Kent, take them off their pegs. Um, they have the best player in the league. Ray J. Dennis uh, started out at Boise State, ended up here. Um, high effort, high percentage, great shooting guard who doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Um, you know, 6'2", junior, not a huge kid, but between he and Seth Milner, and JT Shoemate, a pair of six, seven seniors, they just get great looks. Shoemate on paper is one of the best offensive players in the country. Fourth best offensive efficiency, uh, Ken Pomeroy and those guys. 
um, you know, when he touches the ball, good things happen. They don't make a ton of mistakes. They don't turn themselves over. Uh, and they've added a piece toward the end of the season, kind of A.J. Adu, um, British dude, been injured the last couple of years, um, but kind of a 6'9 guy playing guard, guard skills in a, in a post body, and just very, very long. And he's a piece that a few other teams have in terms of a shot blocker can also defend and work around the outside, both on offense and defense. So this is a really, really good club, a fascinating club. And uh, our former Bobcat point guard, Stevie Taylor, is on that, on that staff up there now. So we kind of you know, hear from him. We've seen these guys play a lot this year. They're really, really good. This is going to be a tough out. Yeah, looking at the stats from today's game against Miami, a 91-75 victory for the Rockets. They shot 58% from the field, and you talked about their efficiency. That's definitely something the Bobcats will have to slow down. Yeah, I mean, they, it just felt like they led in that game 15 from like, you know, six or eight minutes in. It was, it was 15, and it stayed at 15, and they just kind of put it on, on cruise control from there. And, you know, you look at that group, again, balanced scoring, four guys in the, in the high teens. Um, didn't have to go to the bench a ton. Milner had 19. Um, Ray J. Dennis, you know, 15 and five assists. This is just a, a good a good club all the way across. Um, if you can, there's two things you want to do. I guess you want to slow them down. Uh, you want to turn them over, which is hard to do because they don't do it to themselves. And you, you know, you want to get into their bench. But they've not played too many games this year where they've had enough foul trouble to get into their bench. How do I say this nicely? They don't play enough defense to get into foul trouble. They're fine. If they, they're fine with you scoring, but they know they can score more, and that's worked nine games out of ten this year, so to speak. They're good enough where they don't have to worry about giving up a few a few easy ones. Is that something that the Bobcats, if they're able to get some pressure on the defensive side of the ball and put up some points like they did today against Ball State, is that something where Toledo might crumble a little bit on defense and might start picking up those fouls? Yeah, and that's and that's what you have to do. And you have to go out there, at these guys, and get them off the floor. Catch shoemate in some bad matchups on on guards. That's me something where I can see James or Hunter going right after him. Shoemate's a you know a, a taller four man, but he plays exclusively a face up game. And if they're switching and everything, you can probably get him in some trouble. That'd be your goal, I think. Get shoemate off the floor because he's the guy that a lot of their offense offense moves through. It's like you don't want to compare to Larry Bird or something. But he's acts as kind of a point forward and a distributor and just is a smart guy. Like, he doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Classic coach's son from up uh, Pataskala, Newark area. Um, he's really, really good, and he's who makes this thing this thing go. He rarely has a terrible game, but if he does, Toledo could actually be in for a long night. Looking at the other side of the bracket, obviously uh, three out of the four quarterfinals done. Kent State knocked off Northern Illinois 76-57, and then coming up in about 10 minutes, Buffalo and Akron. But... What do you see from those the bottom half of the bracket with Kent State obviously already moving on, and then Buffalo and Akron uh, coming up here in about ten minutes? Kent's really, really good, and they're a harder nut to solve. We actually talked to Jeff Bowles about this in the pregame today, talking about how Ball State is going to crowd the post but not guard the three at all. Kent crowds the post, but also can get out and cover the three. They don't give up threes the way Ball State did. So Kent is a, a difficult out. You, you've seen what, what that is, and. They will probably be facing their arch rival Akron, who I figure will beat Buffalo tonight. Um, Buffalo is one of those teams, very talented on paper. You like a lot of their pieces, and yet they're sitting here a game under 500. And a <clears throat> real shot that, like BG, they make a coaching change. I don't think a lot of folks are happy with where they are. Maybe they think a little too highly of themselves after all the success under under Oates and his prior administrations. But Buffalo should be better than they are. But I figure Akron and John Gross and assistant coach for Bobcat Dustin Ford get the job tonight over over Buffalo and move on to play Kent and play the third version of that game this season. Yeah, definitely would be must-watch television. That'll be obviously after the Bobcats game. That'll be, I believe, 4.30 join time for a 5 p.m. tip tomorrow? Yeah, yeah I believe we are, we are 4.30 pregame. Uh, tip at 5.02 or 5.03 unless stuff before us in the day was to run late. I'm pretty sure... We're freestanding, so you guys will get us at Power 105 at, uh, at 4.30 and hopefully tipping right after 5 o'clock and stick around and enjoy the whole thing. Absolutely, and there's definitely a lot more basketball to enjoy tonight. Uh, what's, what's on your watching palette for tonight, Rob? Well, I, I already uh, I was watching West Virginia when I got a snack after the game. Um, love Arkansas and Auburn here at 7. Two teams that the computers love, but they seem to like have not won enough games this year. Um, I would hope they're both in the NCAA tournament. They're both really, really fun and go a long way. Uh, Virginia, I don't know if you've seen this. just saw this on Twitter about 20 minutes ago. Virginia has North Carolina tonight. Virginia, a slight favorite. Um, but before Bobcat Van, Van Vanderplas broke his hand in practice today, he's done. 
and that's a huge hit, obviously, for fans of Ben and fans of the Bobcats, and now fans of Virginia Cavaliers have been Vanderplas' season uh, is being reported as over by Jeff Borzello and some of the national guys. So Virginia plays North Carolina at 7. North Carolina's trying to figure out how to get back in the tournament. They were number one this season, and right now they're probably not in the NCAA tournament if we ended it today. So a win by NC or Virginia would certainly help them out a ton. I would be watching that one. But you're right, we're in games tonight all the way through the late stuff kicking at 11.30 or later out west, uh, Arizona State and USC. Uh, best game tonight late, New Mexico and Utah State. If you want to stay up with me, please do. As John Rothstein says, we sleep in May, and I think both me and Rob and others as well will be sleeping in May, or at least after that Utah State-New Mexico game. Rob, thanks for taking time joining us here on the Sports Fan. Good luck calling the game tomorrow up in Cleveland. Hey, man, appreciate it. Hope everyone tunes in on Power 105 along the network. Thanks for time, Carl. Yep. When we come back, we've got Ashley Beach in studio. She'll talk about Bobcats baseball when we get back as we lis- as you listen to the Sports Fan presented by J&K Contracting. Diane from Michigan, a disabled senior citizen trying to get by. Henry from Florida, a veteran fighting to make ends meet. Elena from Arizona, a mother struggling to feed her daughter. Hi, I'm Connie Britton, and I support Feeding America because they help provide over 6 billion meals to people in need each year, like Diane, Henry, and Elena. Learn more at feedingamerica.org. Feeding America, 200 food banks strong. Stay informed about the stock market from Goldsberry Wealth Strategies. Weekdays at 5.30 on 970 and 97.1 FM, WATH. The report follows the news. Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Goldsberry Wealth Strategies is not a broker-dealer and is independent of RJFS. Hey, why are you so happy? I just started at Belicio last week in sanitation, and they're paying me $15.97 an hour, including a dollar extra for shift differential. Belicio is a great company to work for, and they really value their employees. Really? $15.97 an hour? As a Belicio employee, do you get access to the on-site health clinic? Yes. The on-site health clinic is super nice, and they offer great benefits and advancement opportunities for future growth. And they're hiring now for third shift. Wow. That's awesome. How can I work at Belicio? Go to BelicioFoods.com slash careers to learn more. Ohio Roads and Bridges connect us to things we need and enjoy. It takes a lot of hard work and money to keep roads in good shape. Today, most of that money comes from Ohio's gas tax. As Ohioans drive more fuel-efficient and electric vehicles, people are buying less gas. That's great for our environment, but it means less money for road and bridge maintenance. Ohio is conducting a study to find a new and more sustainable way to fund the maintenance of our roads and bridges. To learn more and to provide input, visit Ohio Road Funding.com. Sponsored by the Ohio Department of Transportation and aired in cooperation with the Ohio Association of Broadcasters and this station. You're listening to 970 WATH and the Sports Fan. This is the Sports Fan here on 970 WATH. 97.3 now. As well. We've got in studio Ashley Beach, the Post Assistant Sports Editor, and well, I mean, you write a lot about baseball, and for baseball this year, it's it's been they've either scored a lot of runs, or they haven't scored at all and given up a lot of runs so far this year. Looking at their schedule, they had that big win over Navy, 27-9, back on February 19th, but outside of that, only one win. Uh over Western Kentucky on February 26th, a 6-4 victory. Uh, got swept by the Salukis of Southern Illinois uh, last last weekend and then lost last night to Kentucky 9-2. Uh, it, it's been a little bit of a rough season so far for the Bobcats. Yes, and it's kind of similar to uh, the start to last year. Um, in a lot of ways, they had a really rough start to the year last year. Um, non-conference kind of beat them up a little bit. Um, they only picked up like one win per series um, and until they got to conference play and they faced a lot of cancellations in the early part of conference play. But um, part of what's been their struggle is um, their pitching. Um, nobody's really going in depth yet, but that is to be expected because they're not exactly to that level of conference play yet. They're not they're not warmed up. They're not as jazzed as they will be once we get to the conference slate. But um, they did have a, a little rough loss last night. Um, they lost to Kentucky 9-2. to um, Part of that is because we only had four hits. 
uh, two from two different players. Um, I'm looking at the box score here, and I want to say it was um, Will Sturrock and uh, Billy Adams. Billy Adams is a freshman who's moved into the starting lineup. He was kind of there in the um, beginning part of non-conference play, and then he kind of creeped back into the lineup. So um, getting out hit 11-4, to rough pitching. Nobody threw more than uh, two innings. Uh, Zach Weber threw two innings, and everybody else threw one or less than one. So it was a little little rough for the, the Bobcats, but um, they've got their first conference series this weekend, so things may be on the up and up. Who knows? I mean, looking at the conference, uh, beginning of the year, Ohio was picked to be about middle of the pack. Now that the non-conference slate's over, where do you think they sit in the in the MAC at the moment? Obviously, Central Michigan up towards the top, they have some pretty big victories, including that absolute drubbing where they put 15 runs up in an inning against Baylor. Um, but what what are what are some where where do you think everyone stands in the MAC right now? And are the Bobcats still kind of in the middle of the pack? I, I still think they're in the middle of the pack because like you still got your Easterns, but you also still have like your Ball States, your Central Michigans. So I think as long as they go into this series with Bowling Green uh, confident, I think they'll do well. They're they're getting kind of a, a good deal getting to start the conference off at home. Um, they're also getting a good deal not having to play Saturday doubleheaders anymore. I think that's going to help the Bobcats so much because um, with pitching always being such a big question for them, they don't have to worry about um, getting that fourth starter out there as much anymore. So they can use, they can take who would be that fourth starter and either put them in those mid games, mid midweek games they have, or use them as a long reliever, which will probably help them more than it'll hurt them. Um, but they do, the week of the 17th, have to play Central Michigan as their second MAC series, which luckily, once again, it is at home, but it will still be a challenge because. The Chippewas are something. Like I, I've gotten to see them play in person a handful of times, and they are always loud. They bring like props and stuff with them. They're they're an incredible team. Um, I've watched a few Central Michigan guys play summer ball um, when I worked for a summer league team a couple years ago, and they are they're solid. There's never a question with Central Michigan, and unfortunately, I feel that there are a lot of questions for Ohio still. Yeah, and I mean, looking at, uh, let's look at some of the statistics here. Uh, let's see, overall, it's, I mean, they've gotten a lot of runs scored, but they've also had a lot of, um, they've just had a lot of struggles at times, too. Yes, yeah, 100%. And um, I've been noticing that they're still trying to figure out the lineup a little bit. Um, people are shifting. We're getting a lot of pinch hitting, you know, when they get down or they're get, getting into kind of a, a stalemate. Um, and my the inter, the addition that's been most interesting to me is um, Trevor Lucas has been coming in as a pinch hitter, and he's also been coming into the starting lineup a little bit. Um, Trevor has been with the team for a while now. We didn't see him much last year, uh, didn't see him much the year before, but he used to be like a primary starter. And so now he's kind of finding his way back into the lineup. And I think he's going to be someone to watch along with, um, I think, Alec Patino, a guy from Iowa Western. He's been super strong already this year. One Mac player of the week, his first week in the conference. Wow. That's my first thought was wow. Um, and, of course, um, last year's kind of like surprise, Will Sturrock, another guy to keep an eye on because – he can deliver in those moments. He's got a powerful bat. He's playing in the field. He's no longer just the DH. So he's he's really stepped up for the Bobcats. And I think, you know, maybe that combination might start to help them with a little bit of run production. Of course, I mean, you've got your A.J. Roushes, your Mason Menzies, and your Colin Castor-Bowers. If they're gone, Ohio's, Ohio's gone, you know. Um, but I think there's a, lot of, there's a lot of hope for the Bobcats. And... You know that pitching's just got to come with them. They got a lot of transfer pitchers this year, so. I mean, how long? Looking at their team ERA right now, a nine point two four. That's a little bit of a not not the best number to look at. But you know, how long does it take to really get the pitchers to 
get to the level where you want them to. I mean, hopefully you get that at the beginning of conference play, but um, you know, how do you get how do you get the pitchers back up to the level of what you saw last year? Obviously, you know, losing a lot of our pitchers from last year, namely Eddie Cut, but where 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 do uh, how, how do they get back up to that production? Because I mean, I guess there are some games where you just have to go out there and get shelled. It's a learning experience. Yeah, um, I think something something that the Bobcats are going to run into an issue with, um, and they already have a little bit, is um, our pitchers are either complete Bobcat veterans, they're underclassmen, or they are juniors from junior colleges. There is literally no in between for them. They are. They are all fall into like those three categories, and I think that um, kind of getting used to that level a little bit. Our veteran guys, you know, getting back into the groove. Like we didn't see much of Colin Sells last year. Didn't see much of Jacob Tate. Um, saw a little bit of Luke Borer, and Brendan Roeder became a, a starter. I think he was Sunday starter halfway mid through the season, and. Braxton Kelly's always been a reliever starter, reliever starter. So kind of getting those veteran guys back in back into gear and giving them some of those bigger innings and more innings and just getting like the junior college guys used to um, kind of that division one because junior colleges are incredibly competitive, but it's different when you're you're in that division one environment, you're facing guys that can see any kind of pitch and just hit it out of the park and not that you don't do that in junior college but there's just that little bit more added pressure to it and the underclassmen I mean Zach Weber was a reliever last year and he's started in every series off if I can remember correct and um, seeing a little bit more of Tyler Peck and freshman Jaden Jerger has been pitching Um, I hope I'm saying his name correct I have yet to um see him play at home so but just getting getting all of that together I think it's going to take I think this Bowling Green series is going to be a little rough but I think once they get through these next three games they're at home they're at home again Central Michigan might be a little painful the first night maybe the second night but I think by that Sunday Central Michigan I think the Bobcats are going to be a-okay do you think being able to hit at home uh being able to hit at home might up the batting numbers a little bit uh obviously looking at casper bauer at the moment only batting 224 a little bit a little bit of a you know a little bit of a slump there does will be being able to bat at the familiarity of bob wren stadium and you know these stadiums that they've played at before uh around the mac instead of you know stadiums that they might not have played at before like Kentucky, I think they played Kentucky played last Kentucky year, last but year, yeah. um, you know other other stadiums like uh, I believe uh, like in Greensboro or wherever else. Where you know is would that will that help the bats kind of heat up a little bit? I genuinely think it will. Um, as going on to year three on this beat, so um, I've watched a lot of Bobcats baseball at home. They always seem to be more comfortable at home, which is natural, and. The, usually there's a little bit there's a little bit better energy from them when they're at home. I think it might have to deal with the whole like defend your turf thing. Um, but I do think hitting at home and that familiarity will help them because you won't have they won't have to sleep in a hotel bed. They won't have to go on a bus anywhere. They'll either walk or get in their cars or however they get to Bob Red. They'll be there maybe within 10, 15 minutes. And they'll, they'll be on the field. They'll get to warm up in their own space. They'll kind of just be in their own space in general. So I do think it's going to help them. And I do think that will also help the pitching going into this first conference series. Absolutely. And how glad are you that this game's not up in BG? I mean, I, I'm from Northwest <laughs> Ohio. I still follow some of those uh, some some uh, news accounts from up there. They're calling for about five inches of snow in BG tomorrow morning. I am so, so thankful that we are here. I will never forget my first Bobcats baseball game ever. Um, was It was snowing. It was like 32 degrees. It was super nice during the afternoon. Was it Northern Illinois last year? No, it no? was uh, the second game of the Moorhead State doubleheader, the year Joe Rock threw his no-hitter. I covered the second game, the not no-hitter, and it was like freezing rain, it was 32 degrees, all I wore was like a jean jacket and jeans because it was like 50 when the sun was out, and I was chilled to the bone. <laughs> I was absolutely miserable. I called my friend to like 
meet me in Baker Center because I was like halfway to my, like the dorm mm-hmm. I lived in at the time and I was like please bring me a blanket and like a bottle of hot water I can't feel my body <laughs> and I need someone to walk with me home in case my body just stops working <laughs> yeah I, I mean there's normally normally I mean that's the one nice thing is that I mean it's been like 70 80 like the it's felt like baseball weather for like the last month I remember last year around this time uh, I believe it was actually this weekend. The Bobcats started conference play against Northern Illinois. I got to call. You know, everyone was. You know, Russ was up in uh, Russ Eisenstein, voice of the Bobcats. He normally covers the baseball games. Uh, he was up in Cleveland covering the tournament. You know, everyone else outside of the athletic department was were busy. So I ended up getting to pick up and call a college baseball game. That was a great way to end my. Uh, you know, you know, option number one for spring break obviously would be Miami Beach, but option number two would calling a, calling a college <laughs> baseball game. Yeah, that, that's pretty solid over spring break, but I remember game one of that beautiful weather, like 55, 60 degrees, sunny, end of game one, okay, 45, starting to cloud up. I remember sitting there going, I want to close the window. It is so cold. It was 30 degrees. It snowed that night. Oh. It snowed that night. It was awful. Yeah, I... That's the one thing about uh, the March portion and honestly even a little bit the April portion of the college baseball schedule, especially for your Midwest teams, your northern teams, is it's either going to be sunny in 75 or it's going to be snowy in 32 and you're just going to have to go with it. I always pack like in my backpack or my car like a blanket shorts t-shirt hoodie anything i think i might need if the weather changes if anything happens i bring it with me i don't care what the temperature is outside at the time like i want to be prepared because if i pull up and i see like the players have like their long sleeves and all their warm gear on i'm like i know it's gonna get cold let me go get that sweatshirt yeah luckily for the bobcats this year at least in the month of March, they only got one. They only have one road trip uh, farther north, and that's going to be DeKalb, mm-hmm. uh, Northern Illinois, the weekend of the 25th, March 25th. Outside of that, they're in Bob Ren for the entirety of the month, which is quite nice, and hopefully it'll stay warm enough over here. Ashley, great to have you on. We'll have you on all throughout the season. That's Ashley Beach, the Post's spo- assistant sports editor, and she covers pretty much. You're basically on the baseball beat, right? Are you officially on it? Or? I, I am officially on the baseball beat. Um, I will be there tomorrow. I think the game time got moved, but I don't think I have uh, anything to do. So I'll be there. You can follow along at Twitter at AshleyBeachy underscore A-S-H-L-E-Y-B-E-A-C-H-Y underscore, and I'll have all your game updates for the post. You can definitely spell better than I could. I could not say my last name that quickly. <laughs> Anyways, we'll take a time out. When we come back, we'll talk about more college basketball. It is basketball nirvana this weekend. And tell you what, I enjoy it. We'll talk about it after the break. You're listening to The Sports Fan, presented by JNK Contracting. Have you noticed bad behavior has become normalized at interscholastic athletic events? Some fans seem angry. They lack civility toward one another. Some even get aggressive and unruly. Time out! What is going on? This has to stop. Let's not forget, school sports aren't just about winning. And they're definitely not an excuse to take your frustrations out on the official or the opponent. They're about teaching lessons like perseverance, respect, and empathy, so students can learn and grow as people, not just as players. We all have a role to play in setting a good example for our students and teaching them these important values. So fans, it's time to step up your game and behave positively at Interscholastic Athletic Events in Ohio. This message presented by the OHSAA and the Ohio Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association. This is the Sports Fan on 970 WATH. It is the Sports Fan, presented by JNK Contracting. A lot of very good basketball on today. Uh, the game you heard on WATH uh, here over the afternoon was Iowa taking on Ohio State, and the Buckeyes able to get the victory. Uh, Chris Holman getting his team to get some work done in the Big Ten tournament. They've made it to Friday. That's a big, big move for them. So... 
we'll see we'll see how much farther the Buckeyes can go but that's obviously a a big it's a big win for the Buckeyes Bryce Sensible might have been he left a little bit early in that game that's going to be interesting to see what happens but it's great to see it all come together for the Buckeyes in their 73-69 victory uh Bryce Thornton or excuse me Bruce Thornton not Bryce Bruce Bruce Thornton had 17 points in the victory other scores for the Buckeyes uh Sensible had 16 suing 14 uh off the bench Sean McNeil had 13 including three for six from the three-pointer but I, I tell you what I saw one of the worst bits of basketball I think I've ever seen in my life um legitimately it, it looked like something you would see in a CYO game uh you had you had Iowa shot missed it the rebound got loose it went from Iowa's side of the court at the free throw line all the way to underneath Ohio State's basket um it bounced around there pinballed around there for about a good five or six seconds before eventually going out of bounds off of Iowa but the rest didn't see it and then uh you had oh you had an Iowa player try saving it uh it went out of bounds anyways even though it went out of bounds about four times before that and it ends up being uh Ohio State ball they're able to inbound it and get fouled make their free throws win the game but still you know yeah you gotta gotta be a little bit better about taking care of the ball but there's been some wacky 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 sequences in college basketball i saw a swack game that you had jacks it was jackson state and i believe prairie view uh, let me make sure who exactly i remember it was jackson state and yep jackson state and prairie view a&m uh in the swack tournament quarterfinal went to overtime jackson states up to 62 60 in overtime 14 seconds to go they have a wide open dunk guy blows it can't make the dunk so the ball bounces away ends up in prairie view a&m's hands prairie view they're sitting there they're trying to make any shot they can't make a shot they barely get one up and it's nowhere close and so that's a loss uh yeah i mean it was, it was just ugly 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 basketball um some i mean obviously we talked about toledo how about uh st john's took number six marquette and the number one seed in the big east tournament that went to overtime as uh tyler kolek needed a rally the golden eagles they were down 10 at the half kolik had 19 points as marquette wins 72 70 in overtime miami survives wake forest as the hurricanes go to the acc finals Rutgers beat michigan iowa state knocked off number 10 baylor uh, iowa state's been really good at home this year uh not too good on the road but i guess that counts as hilton coliseum south uh for the cyclones is they win in a quarterfinal, knock out the number 10 ranked Baylor Bears. This was a good one. Mississippi State and Florida. Tolu Smith uh, hit a basket with 4.3 seconds left in overtime as the Bulldogs win 69 68 in overtime over the Gators. Uh, Duke did on some unholy things to Pitt. Uh, Pitt loses 96 68. I did not expect that. I mean, Duke has been starting to put it together a little bit towards the end of the season. Um, we'll have to see if some other ACC teams that you'd expect to be up there, i.e. North Carolina, can do that tonight as well against a Virginia team that, as we talked about in the first segment with Rob Cornelius, they're going to be without BVP tonight. Um, UConn, they defeated Providence 73-66 and in the best basketball conference on the West Coast. They didn't disappoint in the first game. Uh, quarterfinal, San Diego State, the one seed, taking on Colorado State, the eight seed. Colorado State nearly took them to the brink. San Diego State able to survive 64-61. The Aztecs, the 20th-ranked Aztecs, will move on to the Mountain West semis. But my goodness, what a game that was. I caught about the last five, six minutes of that one after the Buckeye game. and. Wow, I mean, uh, you, you, how I mean, you love Mountain West basketball. They got another good one brewing. That's probably gonna what I'm gonna watch when I get back. We'll uh, 
we'll touch on that. Uh, see other interesting games kansas without bill self self is out until at least the ncaa tournament he was hospitalized uh he was hospitalized today with some sort of medical emergency health health condition illness um something along those lines they haven't really exact they haven't announced exactly what it is not going to speculate um but uh illness is officially what the university said, uh, but he was hospitalized for it, so hope Bill Self is okay. The team itself is okay as the Jayhawks win at 78-61 over West Virginia. Tennessee took down Ole Miss. Kent State took down Northern Illinois. Uh, looking at the games going on right now, San Jose State up on Nevada, 40-31 to in Mountain West basketball, and that, that's a big game. That's a huge game for the Mountain West. San Jose State might be able to sneak into the tournament. Nevada right now clinging on for dear life to stay in the tournament. They've, they've, they have some good wins due to Wolfpack, Steve Alford's bunch, but, uh, I mean, they lost to UNLV to end the season. They lost to Wyoming and UNLV the last two games for the season. Uh, this is a team that, you know, they beat New Mexico, believe. Yeah, they, yeah they, this is a team that beat San Diego State back on January the 31st. So this is a very, very good team. But, I mean, they're, they got they are falling apart at the worst possible time, and they currently find themselves down 42-33 to San Jose State. Uh, Oregon and Washington State, that just got back from the half. Oregon up on Washington State. Looking at some other games that just started in the Big Ten. Penn State up 10-7 on Illinois. Akron up on Buffalo 22-13. That appears to be at the under-12 TV timeout. And your viewing guide for tonight, we've talked about a few games. Uh, you know, you might want to get you might want to get four or five screens on tonight. Uh, Oklahoma State, Texas, yeah, could be an okay game. North Carolina, Virginia, 7 p.m. ESPN, that should be a solid one, as well as SEC Network at that same time. Arkansas and Auburn, two really good, two kind of bubble teams at the moment. We'll see whether they get in or not. That should be a very solid game to watch. You got Minnesota and Maryland in the Big Ten tournament at 9 p.m. TCU, Kansas State at 9.30 on ESPN2 in the Big 12. That's a good one, as well as Villanova at Creighton in the Big East. That's at 9.30 on Fox Sports 1, and that is a very interesting game. Villanova, this is a team that back on the 25th, they knocked off Creighton in Philly, so it's going to be interesting to see if the Wildcats can keep it up. They're, they're another team. You know, there's been quite a few teams that, you know, obviously Villanova and Duke, they lost their coaches. I mean, they, those were generational coaches that they had at those posts, and they've kind of, you know, with Jay Wright at Villanova and obviously Coach K at Duke, they've kind of struggled a little bit trying to get back from that and it looks like they're finally starting to find their stride a little bit towards the end of the season uh duke obviously ranked 21st at the moment and villanova they've looked solid their last few games so we'll see what the wildcats can do tonight in the madison square garden let's see what some other games uh, nc state clemson that that's a really interesting game for bubble implications but the game to watch tonight, in my opinion, and I, I am not kidding when I tell you, I'm glad I don't have class tomorrow. I may have to fire up a cup of coffee in the morning when I, I wake up to do any homework or anything I got to do. New Mexico and Utah State has my undivided attention tonight. Whether it tips off at the scheduled 11:30, I don't care if it tips off at 12:45. I will be watching the Lobos take on the Aggies. That is a massive game for New Mexico. New Mexico might need to run the table. They have some very good wins. They were the last undefeated team, or no, scratch that, the second to last undefeated team in the country, only to Purdue. Started the season like 15-0, but since then it's been a struggle for the Lobos. They're playing a very tough Utah State team, a Utah State team that they're trying to sneak in to the tournament. Right now the Mountain West on the bubble of being about a – I don't know if they end up with a, a four- or five-bid league. I feel like San Jose State might have a good enough of a record to jump up. In take that four, 
four bid, but anywhere from a three to five bid league. The locks in the league are Boise State, New Mexico, or not New Mexico, San Diego State, Boise State, and Nevada look like they might be a lock, but they might not be. Utah State's hanging around in there. New Mexico is in the conversation a little bit, and honestly, San Jose State, if they keep playing the way they they have been, I, I think if San, San Jose State beats Nevada, Nevada's going to have to sweat. Uh, I haven't looked at very many bracketologies. I'll probably spend a lot of the time looking at the bracket matrix tomorrow morning. Great website. I hope they still have that around, actually. I haven't checked and see if they've had it around for a while, but very, very solid website to track that kind of stuff. But it's going to be interesting for the Mountain West if they end up with a three, four, or five-bid conference. But they're definitely going to be a multi-bid conference because, like I said, they are the best basketball conference on the West Coast, the Mountain West Conference. So I can guarantee you I'll be watching that tonight. We'll take our final time out of the sports fan. When we come back, we'll have our surefire hot pick, my surefire hot pick. I'm the only one in the building. <laughs> We'll have our, I will have, my goodness, you know, uh, this is why I talk and don't write. Anyways, you're listening to The Sports Fan, presented by JNK Contracting. Here's what's going on. The storm from Athens, Ohio Roller Derby, home of the Hellbetties, is now back and having an interleague scrimmage on Saturday, March 11th to get back into shape to bout other teams at the Athens Community Center. Doors will open at 1, whistle at 2. For more information, go to AORD.org. Dover Township of Athens County will be doing their annual cemetery cleanup March 20th through March 24th. Those with decorations at these local cemeteries, please make sure you remove what you would like to keep before the cleanup dates. And finally, VFW Post 7174 The Plains is proud to present High Roller Adult Prom on Saturday, April 15th at 8 p.m. For more information, stop by or call the club at 740-797-4946. That's what's going on from your hometown local radio stations, 970 WATH 97.3 FM and Power 105 WXTQ. From Gruzer Realty and Building, it's Larry Conrath, the only Larry Conrath in real estate. Larry Conrath, he sells houses. Larry Conrath, he sells houses. Larry Conrath, he sells houses, farms and acreage too. For the only Larry Conrath in real estate, please call 5913015. 5913015. What was that number? It's 5913015. Call the only Larry Conrath in real estate. 5913015. Getting the right health care for the right problem can save you time and stress. That's why Ohio Health offers three types of care options right here in Southeast Ohio. Call your primary care provider when you're sick or when you need to manage your long-term health. Visit urgent care when you can't get in with your doctor. And go to the ER for severe, life-threatening situations. Find out which Ohio Health location is your best choice at ohiohealth.com slash right care. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. Live and local, the sports fan on 970 WATH. There's going to be a lot of teams trying to be a survivor. Over the next few days, already Michigan's out. Woohoo for all the Buckeye fans. The Buckeye fans moving on. They're moving on to the quarterfinals. I think Chris Holtman might have. Uh, I, th- I think Chris Holtman's seat. It's still going to be a little warm. I-, I think, and you know, it should be. He-, he deserved another year, I think, anyways. And especially after you know, they made it to the quarterfinals. Got to play against Sparty, but I mean, they look pretty good against Michigan State on uh, <clears throat> on uh, when was that? Last Saturday. So I think that's a game that the Buckeyes can definitely win. Anyways, it's time for the Surefire Hot Pick. And normally, 
normally I would joke about how uh, you know these picks are not normally that hot or sure because well looking at our numbers at the moment I myself am sitting at nine and ten on the season with these but I have faith in the Lobos tonight at least at plus four and a half I mean Utah Utah State is good and so is New Mexico though and you know you've got you've got the younger Patino you got Richard Patino he is going to be having that team all hyped up and ready to go and I, I think that if the Lobos lose tonight if New Mexico loses tonight it's going to be a very very tight game it's not going to be it's not going to be much more than a possession and a half and well what do you know that's that's what they have it that's what they have the line at so I, I really think and it's gone up because it was three and a half when I looked at it at the beginning of the show it's up to four and a half now so I think that's an that's an easy that's easy easy bucket I think but I mean that that's going to be a heck of a game I got to sit there and kind of plan out all right which games am I going to watch which screens am I going to have them on it, it, you better believe that tomorrow I am I've got my t I've got the big TV in the living room of my apartment I'm bringing my TV out I'm gonna have my computer screen my phone screen there are going to be seven different games on at the same time and I am going to enjoy every single one of them it is very I mean you know it, this is the best time of year especially when you uh, have a job that requires you to watch the games like what I do are you kidding me I'm in heaven I get to sit there and I get to watch basketball the entire day. Never mind I'm, that it distracts me from, you know, doing the homework. I like two papers due. Uh, I had an exam today. Got another exam tomorrow. A quiz I got to do. Take some notes. I don't care. I got to do all that before like 1130 tomorrow. Because 1130, 12 o'clock rolls around. It is time to watch some basketball. I'll tell you what. It should be... Uh, it's, I mean, it, it, it is beautiful. It is absolutely beautiful to be able to watch. And we'll talk about it on tomorrow's Sports Fan as well, as well as welcoming in Chaz Muller, the uh, base, head baseball coach for Tremble. Phil Ferris uh, stepping down from baseball as now replaced by Chaz Muller. We'll talk with him tomorrow on the Sports Fan as he will join us here on the program. I'm gonna see if I got any help tomorrow. I don't think I do. I think it's just me and Chaz for the beginning of that, and then I'll probably just talk about college basketball more and more and more again. But hey, why not? It's uh, it's the beautiful game, wall-to-wall basketball all day. You bet you. When I'm in here for uh, Thursday and Friday next week, I'll be watching it. But this has been the Sports Fan presented by JNK Contracting. You want to watch any episodes? Be sure to check us out on your favorite podcast location. Just look up Sports Fan on 970 WATH. Good night. <laughs>